Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here. I am so excited to drop for you a couple more episodes as we start the new year off and close the end of last year. This particular group of episodes are a conversation that I had with a dear friend, Dr. Jeanette Davis, where we talked about what the opt-out was, what it isn't, and how we've learned to make the concept of opting out a discipline, something that we do with regularity in our lives. This conversation is going to be cut into three parts. So this is part one of three, where Jeanette and I are going to just talk about what the opt-out means to us, and then we're going to talk about how it impacts both our personal and professional lives. So stay tuned. Enjoy this week full of content as me and Dr. Jeanette Davis explore the concept of opting out as a discipline and not a destination. So a few things about Dr. Jeanette Davis before we hop into the episode. Here's what I want you to know. Dr. Jeanette Davis is a research scientist. She's a diversity advocate. Oh, she's also a best-selling children's author. And she's also known as Dr. Ocean in the larger pop culture world. She has been a consultant for Marvel. Yes, some of her science was featured in Wakanda Forever that just came out. And she's someone who contributes to ocean science nationally and internationally. She's traveled to several countries speaking about her research and coordinating ocean science. She has been featured in incredible host of magazines and also labeled the next great marine biologist. Dr. Ocean also mentors students from elementary to college. She lectures at colleges. She has created her own scholarship to help African-American students in her own hometown of Delaware. She is and continues to be an inspirational figure for women everywhere, not just science lovers. So without further ado, let's drop in on the conversation between me and Jeanette, aka Dr. Ocean, where we talk about how the opt-out is more than just a destination. It's not something we just do once, but that it is a discipline. As a reminder, this is just one of three parts, so stay tuned for the rest of the week as we dig in. Let's get this conversation started. So hi, Jeanette. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Uh, We have conversations all the time, but this conversation is going to be special because we're sharing some of the conversations that we have kind of with the world. So we're not giving you all the tea, people. We're only going to give you uh, some of our, our lives and our conversations. And I really thought it was important to chat with you today. So first question is, how are you doing? I'm well. How about you today? I cannot complain. I'm a little tired. I have my I have my tea next to me. Jeanette has her tea next to her as well. Thank you um, me. It's Monday, but... It's Monday. Yeah, we're recording this <laughs> on a Monday. And the struggle... Anyway, uh, so the first question official that I have for you as we get into the subject of the opt-out being a discipline versus a destination is, have you opted out? Have you joined the movement? I have opted out and I am happy to say that I have joined the movement. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Yay out. <laughs> we are opting out today. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you is what does that exactly mean to you? Great question. Um, opting out to me means to withdraw or no longer participate in anything, any spaces, any places, any people 
that are not aligned with your purpose and who you are, with who, who you want to be, what you want to create, the gifts that you want to utilize. If it's not aligned with your existence, then you should opt out. So that's what opting out means to me. I love that. I love all of every piece of that could be broken down into like a million different directions. But definitely, I respect that's the that's what the opt out means to you. And it is very similar to kind of what, you know, I've been talking about, you know, we've been having these conversations for a long time. Long before it even became a podcast, we're having this conversation of just about as black women, this choice that we are making to opt out. And a lot of the conversations I've been having, like when I thought about the opt-out and what it meant, one of the things I realized is, you know, talking about opting out of the struggle and the concept of the struggle. And I wanted to get your thoughts about, you know, that phrase that we use all the time. I use it all the time, jokingly, that, you know, today is a struggle or I'm in the struggle. What does it mean to opt out of struggle specifically for you? I know you've touched upon it, but what does that mean for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I I think it's great, too, that you talked a little bit about the phrasing like today is a struggle. Today is this. Today is that. And I just want to quickly share this story like I was sharing with a friend. Maybe I even share this with you that I found myself like getting up in the morning saying, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so drained. I'm so this. And one day I was in the shower and it hit me and I was like, I'm actually not tired. I just don't want to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) and I realized like in that sometimes we use language like struggle when we can ask ourselves is this a struggle or is it not aligned with who we are in the moment is it not aligned with our gifts with our abilities are we not contributing are we not living in our purpose um and so for me like I started being more intentional about my language Um, And instead of saying I'm tired, I now say I'm, you know, I am living a life where the opportunities I'm seeking are seeking me. I'm living a life where the love I'm seeking is seeking me. I'm living a life of ease. Um, And so, again, I think like I think language is really important. Um, And when you start feeling struggle, I, I will say that life has its ups and downs. I'm not saying everything is rosy and peachy and you will not experience struggles. But it's really important to understand is this like something that life is bringing your way? Or is it something that is um, basically telling you to pivot, to really be intentional about where you are, who you are, what you want for your life? And you can opt out of that struggle. Sometimes the struggle is not necessarily what life brings our way. It's just us choosing to participate or do something that we're not supposed to be doing. I think our body gives us signs physically. For me, it's always emotional. Like when I start feeling exhausted and drained and tired, it's like, it's not that I am not resting. It's not that I don't have sleep. It's not that I don't have the energy. It's literally that I'm in a space where I am putting too much energy on protecting myself and not living in my gifts and all of those things. And so, again, I think that's what it means to kind of opt out of the struggle. But I think it's important to first be intentional around your language and what what the struggle is. Is it, again, you being somewhere you're not supposed to be? Or is this literally like, I didn't get enough rest? I'm struggling. Like, I'm not eating well, you know, like I'm not exercising. I'm not doing the things that my body needs to help me advance and be well versus every time I get around these people, I'm struggling and I'm drained. And that is a sign to opt out. (laughs) 
Hey, Kelly again with a quick reminder that season two of the podcast kicks off on January 23rd. Until then, let's keep the conversation going with our brand new IG at Black Girl Burnout and website at blackgirlburnout.com. At either of those locations, you can sign up to be on the email list where you will be eligible just by joining for some incredible giveaways that are happening. I cannot wait to see you all on January 23rd as we kick off season two. One hundred percent. I was taking notes as you talked. One hundred percent. And I think that's what we kind of have bonded on when we first uh, met is that there's so much importance in words. Like I'm a huge word nerd. And part of it is, is like we have I feel like as black women, we talk about black women burnout. You said so many things. One, you said like one of your signs that you you know, you haven't opted out is if you're exhausted and you realizing that it has not to do with whether or not you've got like a nap in or how many hours of sleep you got, but more so it's a mental exhaustion, right? That shows up in your body. And I think like one burnout. Yes. I think we all can kind of identify with that. That is a sign of burnout, but even in the language of struggle as black women, I feel like that is That's one of the things that I was really passionate about talking about is that we have a whole language that is centered in so many ways around struggling. Yes. Hustling, being so strong and taking on everything. It's like, uh, I actually don't want to (laughs) hustle. Right. Yeah. I really (laughs) no. And I feel like if we ask a bunch of black women and we're going to do a poll on this for this week at social media, but it's like, Really, who here wants to be working? I mean, who really is dream is like, I want to work hard. I want to hustle. I want to do nobody. It's like, that is not anyone's desire. But like, so much of our language is all around struggling. It's all around the struggle. And it just becomes like, I talk about the, the struggle as being twofold, right? It's like, it's either we are resigned to it. Like we just kind of go, this is life and I'm supposed yes. to be this way. Mm-hmm. Or we kind of are addicted to it. And, and we pursue, like you said, am I choosing to participate in situations and with people and places that do not honor myself or do not honor my gifts or talents or, and am I actively doing that? Right. Like I'm creating yes. my struggle over here to the left. And then on the other, to the, you know, to the right, I feel like, well, life's always going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. That's just what it's like. We're black women, like girl, that's yeah. wake up. Like that's your reality. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get your thoughts around that concept of like struggle being like either, and it could be both at the same time I've done, <laughs> I've done both at the same time, but like where you're addicted to struggle or we'll start with that. Let's start about addiction to struggle. And then we'll talk about when you feel like resigned to the struggle. So in what ways do you think on your journey, did you have to look at places and spaces and just patterns really mm-hmm. of where you were addicted to the struggle? You know, um, I think as a, as a black woman professional, particularly being a scientist, the, it is a culture of struggle, right? Like you are actually not worthy or validated as a scientist unless you are struggling, right? And I will say to some extent, let me be clear, science is amazing and it allows me to pursue my curiosity. 
Um, it is rigorous. It is a field that you have to be determined and disciplined and failure is like a part of the game. So that there, there is a part of science where it's like literally struggle built in. And that is kind of like the name of the game. And you, you know, I, I think it creates resilience. It makes you a stronger scientist when you can like see something objectively, know that you failed and try again. So there is that component. I don't want to take away from that. And I think it, it, it can make you a resilient person. But outside of the actual science, the culture is that you're not good unless you are slaving in a laboratory, right? You are not good unless you are working on a holiday, you're not spending time with your family, you know, you're constantly writing grants, you know, you're doing all of these things to prove that you're valid and worthy in this field when the truth is, it was constructed by white men who had the privilege to do a lot of those things that me as a black woman, I just do not have and do not want. Right. Um, and so I think it took me a very long time as a scientist to realize, like, I am a great scientist and you can be brilliant. And there are so many ways to contribute to science outside of like the typical slaving in a lab mentality. Um getting all of these different publications, there's different ways of publishing, I mean, public, uh, uh, publishing your work. And so I started doing children's science books, for an example, because it was important for me as a scientist to have an impact beyond just in, a, you know, a scientific journal to have young people feel excited about science in a diverse way. And so that was something that I wasn't necessarily taught to do um, through my training. It was always about you go into a lab, you do it this way, you get all the publications here, and that's what's most important. But I had to learn to opt out of that struggle and really think about where my gifts are and how I can be impactful in science. Um, not to say that I don't still do research and do peer review, you know, uh, right. journals, but that's just, you know, that was one way that I had to learn, especially in grad school. I remember like, you know, for a lot of the people in the lab, they were foreigners. And so going home for the holidays, you know, wasn't necessarily something that they did. And I remember thinking like, well, if they're all working around the holidays and I have to come in and work around the holidays too. And then you keep that culture, you get to work and it's, like, you know, I work in government where it is a badge of honor to say you have use or lose, meaning that you've gained so much leave that you you are forced to take a break if or or you will lose your leave. Right. And so, again, these are just like ways that I have subscribed to culture thinking like if I want to be useful or validated or if I want people to think that I'm a top scientist, I just have to work all the time and not have a life and just struggle. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really speaks to the real aspect of resignation, I think, more so to the struggle. Like, that's just the way science is. That's the way I have to be. I know for myself personally and my professional career, it's been very much like it's just an assumption. That is how it is. Like, right, mm -hmm. as a Black woman, one, then you, like, first of all, just in general, in the world, it's an assumption that you have to struggle. And what was really interesting is that you talked about, you know, something I don't you know, work hard or understand that science requires a method and rigor and it's like it's a process that you have to stick to. But I really love to delineate between struggle and hard work. Like you're going yes. to work hard in life, right? There's a difference between I know I need to work hard, which I think everyone's bought into who's a professional or in any job. Honestly, you could be a blue collar worker. You know, you're going to be working hard. Like everyone has yes. that expectation. 
it's the struggle as that added layer of what you add to it, right? This belief mm-hmm. that's like, this is the way it's always going to be. This is the way I show up. The only way I can be a good scientist is by yes. doing A, B, and C. The only way I can be a good, whatever, insert a good partner, a good mother, a good, any of those things is by doing this a specific way. And just the assumption before you even get into it, you just assume. And if you don't choose like this opt out mentality, it would have never, which we'll talk about. I'll plug your books for sure, but it would have never led you to doing children's books because what does that technically have to do with being in a lab and being a microbiologist, right? Yes. Nothing on the face of it. But if you opted a struggle and realize that I don't have to just be a certain way, I can be any way I want to that allows me to use my gifts and still have me, you know, we talk about our joy, birthright being our joy, our birthright being joy as black women, right? That if I do the things that I actually love, it doesn't become a struggle anymore. It becomes just hard work. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so that, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was I was just going to say, yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think that's really important to make the distinction like and, you know, that's ultimately what I was saying around science. There's rigor. There's rigor. There's all of these things that absolutely you have to go through. And I try to make that clear because I think that some people do think like, oh, you know, I like it. So it's going to be easy. And it's like, no, not necessarily. I mean, being passionate is important, but yeah, there is hard work and you do want the respect of your peers. You you know, you want all of those things. So it's important. But at the same time, again, you don't have to subscribe to a culture that burns you out or have you struggling or, again, just not utilizing your gifts either. I think that's really important. Where are you gifted? And that's where you can be most impactful. And that's also where your joy is. It's always where your joy is and always brings all those other pieces. Like I tell like as black women, our inheritance is not struggle. Our birthright isn't struggle. It is joy. It is abundance. It is community. It's beauty. And the thing is, is like you just said, if you figure out the things that matter to you, that are of value to you, those things show up. Like there's no Mm -hmm. way, like that has been my experience that when I have pursued the things that brought me joy, that uh, abundance came with it community always came with it, right? I saw the world as a more beautiful place. Those things just showed up. I don't know about you, but I have opted out of struggle when it comes to meal prepping and eating high quality food. With ButcherBox, you get incredible deals on premium cuts. Deals as good or hard to come by at the grocery store. I know for myself, I do not like having to plan out everything I eat and then also be concerned about the quality of what I'm eating. When it comes to ButcherBox, it means less trips to the grocery store for me. It means knowing immediately in my freezer what's available and feeling confident about what's in there. It's about the value that ButcherBox offers. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com BGB and use code BGB to choose your free offer and get $20 off. What if 2024, you got a little bit better every day? Well, when you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have loved using Babbel. As you may know, I used to live in Italy, and Babbel helped me be able to speak to vendors, navigate vacation spots, ask for directions. It just made life easier. Babbel's 10-minute lessons are quick and handcrafted by hundreds of language experts that you can start learning to speak a language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com BGB. Get 50% off at babbel.com BGB, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com BGB. Rules and restrictions may apply. So it makes total sense. The last aspect of this I want to talk about before we get into like how this shows up in our lives is about thinking about like, so addiction to struggle. So one of the things that I realized for myself, I will, I will talk about me uh, and my, <laughs> my drama is that on this journey to realizing one that I spoke the language of struggle all the time. And then I was like, the struggle is real was my favorite saying it still is, but I mean, I understand now like, it is a joke. I still every day, which has to be struggle is real. Um, and I realized now that it's like, okay, I know when I'm using that language, that yes. I do it as a joke now, whereas before there was so much like underneath, you know, a lot of people make humor out of pain, right? And yeah. I was definitely that person. Like I, I love to laugh and I will always make a joke about something that's bothering me. And I realized I use that phrase too much. But part of it was like, there was that resignation piece, like you talked about, definitely felt all that. Like if there's an expectation of struggle, right? The anticipation of struggle. And then there was just ways where I'm like, yeah, you know, here I am. I'm going to jump into struggle with my choices versus mm -hmm. being resigned to it. And I was an active participant because I was addicted to it. And I saw like areas of my life where I was more resigned to the struggle. I mean, I was resigned to the struggle probably in all areas of my life, but a layer of it was addiction to it. Right. So it's like having, you know, constant, like having a battle at work to be yes. seen or to be setting, oh, I can't I have, you know, have my nemeses at work that I got to, you know, deal with. And I'm actively participating in email exchanges. I remember, girl, novellas <laughs> of email exchanges where I'm like, no, 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 it's got to be this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got the greatest line in this email. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. And we're going to get into how that shows up in more detail about how we have to struggle. But just as an example, like I'm out here, email, keyboard worrying, you know, being a yes. warrior with a keyboard with some coworker. It's like, girl, just opt out. <laughs> you can also you know, delete. Yes. And I think I'm I'm going to go back to my children's book. When I first, my first book that I published, I remember I, the way that sh I was addicted to struggle is that I just refused to ask for support. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. Two hands up. You know, yes. like, oh, yes. you just you just want to do everything yourself. Everything. Yourself. And you start, it's like, well, it's so hard. Like now you're you could literally say, could you do my website? <laughs> yes. But no, you trying nah. to figure out how to do a website. 2 a.m. Yeah. When you can you that's not your that. See, again, going back to gifts and strengths. That's <laughs> why I think it's all connected. Like 
where do you prosper? Where do you do well? And you have to be willing to like give up to like the idea that you can do everything well on your own. This idea, like you said, community and building a team. I think I definitely um, just, I was, I, I subscribed to struggle. I was like addicted to it. Like the book can't be good. It can't be great unless I'm like struggling for it. Like I got to yes. fight for yes. it. And I, I remember I was, um, you know, I had a list of libraries, right? And every time when someone told me no, or you can't or whatever, it like fueled me like, no, now I'm going to call five more people and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's just like, you could actually just ask for help, you know, tell, put it on social media, ask your friends to promote it, send out email, like, you know, and then after a while, it's like, you could actually just relax and let it come to you, you know, like yes. you put it out there, build a team and stop struggling. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it, and it was like in those ways. And then when it was like in the personal and professional ways, like I was addicted to songs that were like struggle songs. I was like, yeah. Girl, tell tell this this man, right? That that was like that was, and I don't even have no man, and I'm out here like, yeah, like tell no, this is why you are single. Like, what are you doing? And again, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with listening to those songs. I still listen to the songs. I just have a different orientation to it, right? Yeah, in a different mm -hmm. perspective. And it's like, but and when I was addicted to the struggle, it was like I'm trying to live a life that fuels. I'm believing that every relationship has to be like that. I'm believing that everyone has to have drama in their life, professionally, yes. personally, every which direction in their living situation. And then I'm like consuming struggle language, struggle books, struggle music, struggle movies, struggle movies. To keep, yes, <laughs> to keep the addiction going. Right? <laughs> like it's like I need another hit. Let me go get this song out and listen to this for 55,000 times about an imaginary relationship and all the things that went wrong. And it, it was really, you know, overcoming is its own struggle language, right? Like I have to overcome to have worth. Like you just talked about this with your book. Like it's not worthy if I'm not struggling. Like somehow yeah. we've linked struggle to worthiness. And mm -hmm. so again, because it's our birthright, we're like, we're earning it, right? We're out here doing all this stuff to earn our struggle, to earn what more struggle right because that's yeah. the that's what you're getting like you're doing more of that and you go the next job the next relationship the next partnership the next family gathering and it's the same stuff over again right like it doesn't stop and so as we like kind of close out this section one of the things i want to ask is like the overall theme and then we're going to go into professional and personal but like when we talked about one of the things that we had a conversation about is, you know, I remember Jeanette, poor thing, she has dealt with me. I have poor phone etiquette, so I'll talk to people in the tub. Uh, I'll talk to people anywhere. And so I was, I remember I was sitting in my tub and we were talking about, you know, the struggle and the notion of opting out of struggle, but that people often misunderstand what the struggle is. Mm -hmm. And they don't quite get that it's like, it's like, you know, when I started saying I've opted out, because I started saying it all the time, we both say like, I'm opting out of this. And you have like your phrase that they think it's just like a one-time thing. Yeah. It's like, if you say opt out 55 times and chant it in the mirror, right? That's then it. all of a sudden your problems <laughs> will be gone versus like the opt out is a discipline. And mm -hmm. it's a, a choice that you have to make every single day, single day. sometimes multiple mm -hmm. times a day. You don't just arrive there. And I think people think, well, if I just opt out, tell my boss I'm opted out. Well, <laughs> you, you have to, it's a discipline, not a destination. I want to see how that kind of resonates with you in your life. 
Yeah, um, totally agree that, yes, it is It is a discipline, not a destination. It is, I mean, I keep relating everything to science because I'm a scientist, but um, <laughs> going back to when I think of like an experiment, it's like you don't do it once and it works. And even if it does, you question it. You need yeah. triplicates, right? Like, and that's kind of how I think of opting out. It's like, it's not just one time, it's continuous. It's like constantly not validating, but constantly doing the work to have the life that you dream of, right? And that's for anything, right? Like you, you know, today you could have a day of peace, but that doesn't mean that like every single day is gonna be like that, but it does mean every day I get an opportunity to choose peace. I know that in this moment, in this day, because it's available to me today, it's available to me tomorrow. But I could wake up and choose violence instead, right? Like, <laughs> and we have, and we have done that, not against exactly. each other, but in my life, I sure have. Exactly. Yeah. But the fact that you know you could choose violence, you know that you could also choose peace. And the fact that you know you could opt in, you also know that you could opt out, right? Like it's it's continuous work. And, you know, I have this saying that life will life again. Yeah. And, and even relating this to the struggle, I always say like, and I know you didn't get here yet, but I'm just, I have to say this like around like romantic life, right? Yes. I found myself like, you know, and I tell you this all the time, like, I can't say that in the last few years of just dating that like, oh, my God, I had a Tyler Perry experience, you know, those experiences <laughs> where it's like, oh, my God, girl, he he had five kids and he had a wife and he, you know, like, you know, the Tyler Perry type production. Yes. 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 And it's like, no, I don't because that's not who I am attracting in my life. That's not where I'm at right now. Not and not to say it can't happen to people like I get it. And, and I will say Tyler Perry movies are over the top. But <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been like really intentional about showing up a certain way and attracting certain people. But what I found is like when it doesn't work out, it's like I can't even say he's a bad person. It's you know, it's a character thing. It's just that he hasn't learned to opt out of the struggle. And sometimes things could be going good, but because we're so used to waiting for the other shoe to fall or drop, we're so used to saying like relationships aren't worthy unless they struggle. Sometimes people just sabotage, they self-sabotage or they create a struggle that doesn't exist just to know that it's real. And I say this because it's like you, you, you know, they self-sabotage and then come back begging and it's like, you put so much energy into getting me back when you could have like put just a quarter of that and maintaining me. And it's also, I realized like, it's just, Oh, they, they have to have a struggle to know that it's real. And I, you know, I've seen that show up so many times in like, you know, relationships, not just romantic, but just generally like you have to have a problem. Like, even though life will life, life will have you, you know, getting laid all sick mm -hmm. and all of these things that will naturally come. But sometimes people is, are like, it's too good to be true. I have to create a struggle because that's how you know it's real. That's how you know we can get through it. Again, going back to earning, it's I have to earn it as opposed to like, joy is my birthright, you know, ease is my birthright. Like I get to have the life that I dream of. So anyway, that was a long way of saying <laughs> all of this stuff, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeanette ends up with, yeah, no, yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense.
to be. And it, it is about, you know, that needing to earn that self-sabotage piece is definitely like a trauma response. And, and that's the yeah. thing, like I give people permission to understand that we didn't end up in struggle language and in in the space of struggling on our own. We didn't wake up as children and go, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna choose to struggle, right? Like we, there is societal and cultural myths that have been constructed that are white supremacist and patriarchal that make us that way, right? And so with a trauma response, it's like in the absence of, of drama and trauma, I need to just keep it going, right? And yeah. so I take what I've inherited and I take what has happened legitimately, and then I try to make it show up in my life every day some way, right? And it becomes uncomfortable. It's familiar. Yes. It's, yes. yeah, it's, it's, it's the only way that I know, and it has to be true to be right. Like it's, yeah, it's, it is comfortable. It is, it's for, it's, it's, sometimes it's comfortable, but most often it's familiar and people will act yes. in to what is familiar. They Every time. know how to handle it. Exactly. It's so, and that's part of back to like, why it's a discipline and not a destination is because when you are choosing, and that's the thing that's empowering, you're making a choice every day because you have them, right? You don't just yep. have to go on autopilot and do things. But when you are choosing to opt out of struggle, it takes work. Like it's not just a simple thing because mm -hmm. the natural way you want to be, it's like, this is what I've been told culturally. This is what has been historically the legacy of myself and my family and my people and my culture. And so it's like opting out of that is a discipline, just like anything that you may do. Science is a discipline, right? People work out. It takes discipline. All that takes practice versus just like, yeah, I've opted out. Like there's, there's no way you're just going to check a box or say a phrase and then have been, you know, magically opted out. And the other thing I liked, because we're going to go right into to personal uh, relationships next, but I think we'll just keep the conversation going. But the other thing I like too, is that I think that people don't understand, like, just like our inheritance is, is struggle, people think, right? It's a lie, mm -hmm. but that believe that lie, like you don't have to wait. So with inheritance is usually you have to wait till someone passes away or yes. some lost it to, to access it. Like we access struggle free. It's like, oh, struggle, struggle. But you also can access joy yes. freely, right? You can access, mm -hmm. you use ease, which I use a lot of. You can access abundance easily, you can access beauty and community. It's like mm -hmm. making the choice, which you talked about to be like, I'm going to choose to let go of struggle. And instead, I'm going to go emotionally at, get to the ATM and take out joy. I'm going to take yes. out beauty. I'm going to take out abundance because I don't have to wait for that. I don't have to earn that. I get to just have that in my life because of the way things are. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it for part one. I hope you enjoyed it. As you know, the Black Girl Burnout podcast is coming back for season two on the 23rd of January. And until we get there, there's a couple of options that you have to keep connected and keep the conversation going. One, you can subscribe to the email list. This is going to be the best way to receive the latest updates, some great giveaway prizes that are being scheduled for our premiere week. You can also follow our Instagram at Black Girl Burnout. And finally, please, 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 if you haven't, ahead of season two, subscribe to the podcast and drop a review if it's meant anything to you or you have anything positive to say. I live for your reviews. Until the next episode, take care of yourself and take care of each other.